3: Correspondence and a brand new sound. Season 9 is
2: kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award winning singer songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now?
3: Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9.
2: Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast.
3: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom!
4: If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, another edition of the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G radio back at the podcast salt mine eight days a week. It's like an old Beatles song, eight days a week because clearly five nights a week, not enough on the overnight show. And I get to hang out with my old pal, Danny G here and yap, yap, yap and answer questions. We're all about answering questions, Danny G, right? We're all about that action.
5: No juice. That's right. No juice, or do we have some juice? I don't know.
4: Please give me the questions. They want the questions, Danny G. They want the email bag to be opened up, and uh, so we'll we'll get into it right now. Let's not waste any time. Here we go. Ben's mail Well, thanks to Ohio Al, who sent that one in uh, long ago, and he knows it'll get played every single week. It's going to get a lot of airplay. It, it got me thinking, before we get into the mailbag, I know I just played the open, so we're supposed to do questions, but on yesterday's pod, on on the fifth hour Saturday edition, you were telling the story about the awkward transition, the kids at the, at the school you're at. Yeah. And it, rem- it reminded me of the – the famous Casey Kasem meltdown, <laughs> where Casey did the top forty countdown at the Premier Networks, our building where we work out of, and I'm returning, and Casey had to do he had to do a a dying dog thing right a, a dead yeah. dog, and it was coming out of an upbeat song, and get <laughs> a meltdown. It was hilarious.
5: Yeah. His meltdown was because he's like
4: the fuck am I supposed to read this sad letter over that upbeat record I'm sick and tired you know it was good. we, we gotta play that right here We could play a little clip of Casey Kasem on the podcast right we can squeeze that in yes yeah
0: this may seem to be a strange dedication request but I'm quite sincere and it'll mean a lot if you play it recently there was a death in our family he was a little dog named Snuggles but he was most certainly a part of let's go start again I'm coming out of the record. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying. Okay, I want a concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a tempo record every time I do a death dedication. Since I got last time, I want somebody use his brain to not come out of a record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and i got to talk about a frog dying. <laughs>
4: Casey Kasem. Almost killed him. Famous story. We've told it before. I ran into him, right? Well, I dodged him, but if I had not had cat-like reflexes, Danny, I would have no longer been doing the show, and I would have become the butt of many jokes for taking out the great Casey Kasem, a beloved icon in broadcasting. But fortunately, I avoided that, and he lived a few more years after that, so uh, it it did not end up the way it could have ended up. Mm -hmm. It was a Middle of the day situation. Anyway, all right, let's get it. Here we go. You've got mail. Uh, First one uh, on the mailbag comes from Pierre from uh, Springfield. He says, Ben, with gas prices skyrocketing, are you more likely to ditch the Malamobile and broadcast from the Northwoods permanently, only traveling to places within walking distance or uh, park the Malamobile and carpool to the FSR studios with Quaker Oats Fenley. Uh, he says, uh, well, uh, Pierre, you obviously did not hear the podcast yesterday before you sent this, I understand, but I will be going back part of the time and I am debating maybe I can like walk. How many hours would it take for me to walk from the Northwoods to the Fox Sports Radio studios, which oh. would have to walk over several uh, hill ranges, uh, ranges of mountains to get there, I think. That's
5: easy. Four hours after four days. So
4: four days and four hours. Yeah. It's not trigonometry. So I could do one show a week and then that's all I would do. I just like walk back home and then walk back to the studio. That that, that makes sense, right? Wrong. Yeah, why not? Uh, It says, second question, when in Chicago did you have an authentic Polish uh, sausage uh, with extra relish? Uh, Well, Pierre, I did have the, uh, the traditional fare. Uh, in in Chicago, but did not have the relish, because I don't like relish. See, that was a leading question, Danny. Pierre in Springfield has this weird obsession with pickles and obviously relish in the pickle family and all that. So, yeah, that that was a leading question by, by Pierre. But are you a relish guy, Danny? I'm not a relish guy. I'm
5: not a relish guy. I do like a couple of pickles on my turkey sandwich. My chick is obsessed with pickles. She'll eat them out of the jar, which I think is kind of gross to just eat them by themselves. Yeah. But I like them on a nice sandwich, though.
4: Little taste. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a pickle guy. My relationship with pickles started when I was a little kid, my anti-pickle position. Now, I don't hate pickles. I like the smell of pickles. Like, I, I used to go to delis a lot, like, you know, Jewish deli when you're a kid growing up, and you know, the, the smell of the pickles. But there are different kinds of pickles. We've been in this... I've had this conversation before we talked about this. I think with you, I talked about this. Yeah. Different kinds of pickles there are. And uh, yeah, it's more of a texture thing for me. I don't like the texture of the pickle. So that's why I'm anti-pickle. Much to the dismay of Pierre, who sent famously a couple of years back, a giant gift basket filled with all kinds of pickle propaganda.
5: See, I agree with you on the texture thing. That's why they need to be cut up and thinly sliced. People that just bite into it like it's a huge carrot, it grosses me out because of the texture.
4: Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Uh, you should not do that. That's inappropriate. Bad job by whoever's doing that. Uh, All
1: right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time
4: for mail call. Uh, Mike from Fullerton, he says, does the weekday show podcast have a noticeable bump whenever someone is censored, like when Roberto said, Uh, Black pepper, but he didn't say black pepper. He said a different word other than the the second word. He got the black part right, but he didn't get the last part. Racist. Or when callers say uh, fuck or shit. Uh, He says, uh, I know you you wouldn't encourage callers to curse, but I was wondering if you laugh all the way to the bank when it does uh, happen. Well, that's only been a few years where we've been allowed to leave that in the podcast. For a while... The company would not allow us to leave that stuff in the podcast. They said, no, no, you got to edit everything out, edit all the podcasts out. But fortunately, they came to their senses and realized it's the Internet, man. It's the Old West. There's no FCC guide on the Internet. You can do whatever you want. You can say whatever words you want on the Internet.
5: No, you're exactly right. I used to have to bleep out anything that was questionable on podcasts. And about two years ago, I would say, they started to let us just go for it with the podcasting. So really, I mean, I don't know how listeners would know that's there unless you titled it the episode where Ben Maller accidentally said an F word. <laughs>
4: no, but I think, I think, I think Mike is like talking about the callers. So we get, you know, doing the overnight show, we get people that are hammered. That's how I mean, is he talking about downloads or yeah, I think he's talking about downloads. Like if we get a bump up.
5: Yeah. People. I don't know. I guess if word of mouth or something like that, like, Oh man, I was listening to Mallory yesterday, and this guy said this, this and that. Yeah. Then maybe there might be some extra downloads. That's an interesting question.
4: Yeah, I have to look into the data or data. Take that for data. Data! Or whatever. Should we do that on this podcast? I, I, should we, should we cur- I know
5: one thing. We, we had a tremendous weekend last week with downloads. So thank you to oh. everybody that okay. downloaded our podcast.
4: Woo-hoo! What did we do that was so magical, that was so special? last week did we have extra <laughs> fart sound effects is that yeah. what we had yeah
5: i actually used fart one and fart two <laughs>
4: four oh. extra times really yeah all right well that is that's uh, great uh, all right uh, wonderful news uh, our 11 year old have... says that fart one sounds juicier oh is that right <laughs> okay all
5: right said... no she honest to god said that because I showed her the two different fart effects uh, and asked for her opinion on which one I should use last weekend.
4: Well, and, it, and when it comes to farting, there's no better than like an 11, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old. Right in that wheelhouse. It's like nirvana for farts is what it is.
5: <laughs> Some shows have radio consultants who get paid tons of money. We have an 11-year-old who analyzes fart sound effects.
4: Yeah, well, good job by the 11-year-old. What's, what's her name? What's Chloe. Chloe. Chloe, good job, Chloe. Outstanding job by you. (laughs) You are unpaid, underappreciated, and you get a producing credit on the podcast. And Danny will make sure that you get an extra scoop of ice cream, I think. Does she like ice cream? Uh, Frozen yogurt. Oh, oh, yogurt. Eh. I'm I'm a purist. I like the ice cream, but to each their own. Fart, which rhymes with fart. Yeah. I I got you. I got you. Uh, Let's see. I got
1: mail. Yay. I got mail. Yay. So sweet
4: potato Bob writes in from Cincinnati, Ohio. And every time I see the name of Cincinnati, I think of a radio station that does not exist. That was based in Cincinnati that everyone around my age and Danny G's age used to watch when we were kids and thought someday we'll be on a radio station just like that station in Cincinnati, WKRP, right?
5: Great station. A receptionist with big bosoms.
4: Yes. And then we realized we got into night radio and uh, there is no one there other than occasionally the most important employee at a radio station, the one that cleans up. Barbage. Occasionally (laughs) shows up at a radio station because there's a bunch of animals. That work at the radio station, so it's always nice when that person shows up to clean up a little bit.
5: Or a security guard with trash bags filled with comic books.
4: Now, one thing I am excited about, Danny, is the fact that since I occasionally will be going back to the hallowed hallways, the mothership of Fox Sports Radio, that means I can start playing some of the bits that I did in the past. Like, every Sunday night, I would come in, and the, the bit... I didn't do this every Sunday. I'm exaggerating. But I would go through the trash in the studio. Oh, yeah. see what the hosts on the weekend at Fox Sports Radio were eating. And so I haven't been able to do that because I haven't been there, but now I can do it. Now I can do an entire segment about leftover food. And it it always fascinates me because if you're eating a turkey sandwich and you eat 75% of the sandwich, why do you have to throw it away in the studio? Why not walk down the hall? Because what's going to happen if you leave rotting food in there exactly. on a Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon? By the time it gets picked up on Monday morning, what do you think is happening to that food? That dog's licked that whole thing. I know. They, need, <laughs> they need their mother to follow them around and clean up. Uh, so Sweet Potato Bob in Cincinnati says, I'm I, I, sorry, Bob, I got side checked. Uh, ben, if you got lured away, from the podcast into the Monday night football play-by-play game, big money, Uh, and could pick your color man. Racist. Racist. Uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Troy Aikman, Danny G, or Gascon, and why? All right, so I wouldn't take Peyton Manning because Peyton annoys me. Cut that meat! I wouldn't take Tom Brady because I think he's going to be terrible. I love our balls. I wouldn't take... Aikman because I think he's pretty played out at this point I am a monkey fan Gascon would annoy me so I guess I'd go with you Dave by process of elimination you Danny G would be my wingman in the broadcast booth calling Monday Night Football
5: I won't be offended you could say I'd be the color man (laughs) no
4: think how much fun that would be what a great job Monday Night Football yeah. doing football. If you, if that's your only gig, not a lot of those guys have other things going on. They have to call those sports, but if your only job is to call 20 football games a year, give or take right? a couple of exhibition games and well, not even 20, it's like 17 regular season games, but it's, it's built over 18 weeks. So let's say 20, but 20 games and that's it. And the, the rest of the year, you got nothing to worry about. How great a gig is that? That's Al Michaels. That's what he does now. Al Michaels, right?
5: I'd want to be like Booger on the sideline, though, for you. But a G-Mobile hooked up to a high-pressure water hose, where oh. I could just, where I could just knock back fans at each stadium.
4: Yeah, no, that be, be the Danny G-Mobile. You could be the eye candy, like Booger was. You can be the eye candy, <laughs> and and that's great. Why not
5: bring back the white women?
4: Yeah. Now, Sweet Potato Bob, since you brought that up, you have to make that happen. You have to make sure to make that happen. Glenn, listener Glenn from Chicago, a city I was just in a few weeks back. He says, hey, Ben, you mentioned on air that you had a run-in with the great one. When, why, and what happened? Yeah, this is the thing that Roberto hijacked and took out of context what I said and twisted it around to make me sound like a dirty person. Uh, but I will tell the story, Glenn. So back in my younger days as a radio reporter for the Mighty 690, in san diego but it was a border blaster station
6: racist
4: and it had the la market covered they were so powerful in la they had the la king's radio contract the games were on this station which was based in in mexico baja mexico
1: Unite like
4: the studios were in san diego but anyway so i was in la i was the reporter Wayne Gretzky, number 99, gets traded. The Kings weren't very good. He gets traded to the St. Louis Blues. I get a phone call from the sports director at the Mighty 690 saying, hey, Gretzky's on his way to St. Louis, but he's stopping at a hotel near LAX, and there's a news conference. He's going to say goodbye to Los Angeles before he gets on a plane and joins the Blues wherever they are. And the guy's like, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down there and I want you to wait till the thing's over. And I want you to get Gretzky to call in to the show because it was showing. I said, sure, no problem. I'll go down there. What could possibly go wrong? I'm working for the station. The Kings are on the station. I'll go down there. I'll get Wayne Gretzky. So I go down. Gretzky's giving his bullcrap answers. All the cliches. I loved L.A. Sad to leave. All that stuff.
1: Blank my blank and blank you.
4: And so I'm waiting there off to the side and Gretzky gets done he's walking out and I'm like hey uh, and he's surrounded by PR handlers and as I remember the story I'm like hey uh, Mr. Gretzky it's Ben I work for the you know Mighty 690 in San Diego we'd like to get John for a couple minutes and he looks at me and uh, he looks down and then he looks back at me and he keeps walking and <laughs> just completely as I said on the air he uh, Well, I'm not going to say what I said on the air because that'll get hijacked again. He declined my invitation. I might have used a different term that involves blowing. (laughs) But he declined my invitation (laughs) to come on the radio station. So that was my interaction. So you're saying the great Wayne Gretzky blew you off. Uh, Well, I, I think I did say exactly that, actually. I think I said exactly that on the air. And that got twisted around, especially in a parking lot near LAX. So, All too good to be true. He, he. Yeah, that's, that's what happened with, with Wayne Gretzky. I did interview him a number of times. He was very nice, very kind man. And I believe still lives in uh, thousand Oaks in that area in Southern California. I believe that's his home base. Although he's now a broadcaster for Turner Right? He's working for turn. I think he's working for turn. Yeah,
5: I saw him a couple months ago at Lamp Post Pizza here. Really, he had a big bowl of ranch right in the middle of the table. Uh,
4: boo! He's one of your people. Wayne Gretzky's eating a Lamp Post Pizza. Is that accurate? Yep, wow, the man of the people. Wayne Gretzky, yeah, greatest of all time. Uh, Glenn also says, I heard that Spin Cycle Regina is available. Can you please have her give me a haul? He then. Gave his number here. Jeez. I have Glenn in Chicago's number. I do not believe we should give that out on the podcast. So I will not give that out on the podcast.
2: Hey, where are the white women at?
4: It's a six three Oh number. And he says, Wee! it's your, it's your version of match.com. <laughs> well, I set up Regina and doc Mike and they had a falling out. Regina said she called up. She said, she's available. And so Glenn in Chicago, Well, that's not that far. You can, drive over to Minnesota and hang out with Regina, or she can visit Chicago for a weekend. Wrong. Uh, Let's uh, move on. It is the mail bag, the mail bag. Mail, motherfucker. That's right. Uh, Next up is Barry in the Music City of Nashville, listening to the podcast. He says, yo, yo, Ma Benny. What is the backstory of how Andrea, the sports sorceress, ever got to be such a fixture on your show uh yeah so i'll give you the story barry why not you want to know the story uh andrea started calling the show a number of years ago and the reason she has become the person she is on the show is perseverance that's it she's just kept calling and and she's been part of the show and she's had a lot to say and whatnot and uh, she's just continually putting in the effort and she's willing to stay on hold for a while she's very persistent and that is why she keeps on trucking, and so she's become part of the show, and she's very polarizing, though, Andrew. I've noticed there's some people that really enjoy what she does, and there's other people that get very upset and send me nasty messages. Why are you putting her on? Which I th- believe is a good thing, Danny. You don't want you want everyone to love you, and you don't want everyone to hate you. You want to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, she, I feel like she's somewhere in the middle. She's the Derek
5: Carr of your callers.
4: Yeah, middle of the bell curve, right? in The middle of the bell curve, for sure, for sure. Very oh.
5: polarizing.
4: There are some things that are too
0: good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
6: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, uh, next up here, let me see. Now this, I did not get a name. I did not jot down a name on this. Some of these people are on Facebook, Danny. No matter how many times you say, put your name there, put your name there, they don't do it. So now I got to go back, and I got to click this button, and then I got to click another button, but this thing's not loading, and I'm going to get the name. But I'll read the... The question uh, first, actually, oh, here it is. Just come up as I am speaking with multitasking. You listen to our live coverage of the fifth hour podcast. We are <laughs> ad-libbing. We are now ad-libbing on the podcast. This is and- where I'm supposed to be your color, man.
5: Racist. <laughs>
4: All right. This is from Brianna. Brianna uh, writes in, uh, she says, from the greatest venue of golf, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she says, what is your favorite off-strip casino in Vegas? Have you been to an aviators game? Do you enjoy bowling and arcades aside from gambling in Vegas? I, as far as off the strip, I mean, I've, I've stayed at a few places off the strip. I don't, none of them particularly stand out. Although I do love Fremont Street, which is off the strip. To me, that's the more authentic Vegas. And that doesn't necessarily involve gambling. But every time I go to Vegas, I try to make it, a priority of mine to get to the Fremont street experience, especially around midnight or one in the morning when the freaks come out and it's just, it's Venice beach. I was talking to a buddy of mine on radio about this. We were talking about how there are so many of these types of venues like Fremont street, Venice beach, New Orleans has their own version of that. Miami South beach. Ben, I love you. The Jersey boardwalk to some degree there's these little things sprinkled all over, sprinkled all over the country that have that you have these little spots. And for me, I love Fremont Street. Uh, off any off the Strip hotel other than Fremont Street, Danny, that you think of? I, I stayed at the Orleans a few times. That's not on the Strip.
5: I mean, not a hotel, but I would say I have fond memories at that outlet that's almost out of business.
4: Oh yeah, that's gone. Don't go there. It's so depressing. Oh my god. That is no. Yeah, don't go, it's like, oh. How far out of Vegas is that? Eh, give or take like uh, an hour, maybe a little less yeah. than an hour out of Vegas. Right on, It's called in Prim, Prim, Nevada, right on the border. Last yeah. town in Nevada.
5: I would go DJ at some clubs in Vegas NMC, yeah. and MC, and we would make a lot of money. But then we would choose a bad time to drive back with the DJ crew. The bumper to bumper traffic was so bad that we would all just pull off and go to the outlet there and eat and walk around the shops and kill time. But, uh, yeah. boy, COVID hit those outlets hard.
4: Oh, it's unreal. It was so depressing. I was like, I felt like I was in a movie and it's a place that I had spent a lot of time. Cause like you going to Vegas a lot and commuting via car from LA, I always stopped. And there was a store that was in there that I got a lot of my like, shirts from, like they had really cheap, nice shirts. Like dress shirts and stuff, so I, w- I would shop there, and they had tall sizes. I'm a tall guy; it's hard to get shirts that fit right. Wide and long, and I love that place in in Prim, and I I will probably never go there again unless I'm told it's opened up and it's back in business. And you'd think that somebody would want to buy that on the cheap. I, I saw that it was sold at auction for pennies on the dollar. And it just dried up because of the pandemic. People weren't driving to Vegas, but now they're driving to Vegas. Yeah. So let's bring it back, baby. We could buy it on our salaries, Danny. We could live in Prim. (laughs) Mallorland. Yeah. Make it Mallorland. Well, that's a great idea for the name. I could do the overnight show from Nevada like Art Bell from Pahrump. I'll do it from Prim. From the kingdom of Prim. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that Art Bell, the kingdom of Nye, because he lived in Nye County, Nevada. I love that. That's so funny. Uh, I've never been to an Aviators game. Uh, I have not. The AAA team there in Vegas. I remember when they were called the Las Vegas Stars back in the day. That team's not long for the world. Vegas is going to get an NBA team and a baseball team within the next five Five ten years, I would. From what I've heard, Matt writes in uh, as the mailbag rolls on. You've got mail. It's, uh, Matt from Dallas Fort Worth says you've suffered a few losses. Uh, he says in the Maller militia this past year, we we kind of thought maybe we. Uh... What are your plans to reverse the trend? Uh, says Matt. So is Matt blaming us for the listeners that have met their? their end at the pearly gates are we responsible for that i mean we just do a goofy you know uh, radio
5: sounds like your monologues drive people to drink
2: i'm a doctor
4: yeah yeah uh i'm a good companion i've been told over the years (laughs) it's go to the liquor store buy some whiskey come back and listen to mallet hello joe hi i like the saints That's that's how that goes. Ben Maller, the
5: best drug paraphernalia on the radio.
4: (laughs) Smoke weed every day. Well, we did have that guy in the Bay Area that was going to name a strand of weed after each of us on the show. But I don't know what happened with that guy. Yeah, man, it's it's a uh, it's part of the overnight radio experience. I don't know how else to say it.
5: What are you smoking? I got some Benny Blizzard.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Stop.
2: A cigarette and I landed in my hoodie, and I can't. It's my beautiful white fuzzy hoodie.
4: Uh, Terry in England writes in as the mailbag continues. I got mail,
1: yay! I got mail, yay!
4: Terry says it must be time for an England meet and greet. Surely, Ben. Well, Terry, I will make a promise. To you. At some point, my wife will drag my ass to your neck of the woods in England. And so when that happens, I'm guessing that we'll probably hit the big cities, the big tourist areas where uh, Americans visit uh, your country. And so when that happens, Terry, you're going to have to meet me somewhere. We'll make that happen. We'll, We'll hang out. And Terry's a man of mystery. We don't know what Terry looks like. He has his avatar as like a generic 49er guy. So we don't really know. It'll be a, a great mystery, but I, I would like to meet you. And who's Shirley ben? <laughs> Yeah, Exactly. But the, the other problem, too, is, as we pointed out with the Appleton, Wisconsin meet and greet, these meet and greets, unless it's geographically desirable and right in your backyard, people don't like to go out of the way. And I understand that. I understand people don't like to do that, but I learned that lesson in Appleton, Wisconsin. And we had a bunch of you know, good turnout from people from Green Bay and Appleton and whatnot, but we had people that said from Minnesota they were going to drive over. Not a single one. Did. Not that I'm bitter, Danny, and I bring that up every single time I bring up the Appleton meet and greet. I just wanted, I just wanted to, you know, pass that on. Patricia in Vegas says, When you do the third degree, she says, she says, Do you have the questions in advance? It seems like your answers are ready. It's not. If not, then you are quick on your feet with the answers. Well, this would fall into the category, Patricia, we're never supposed to let people know how we make the hot dogs. Arf, arf, arf. Right, Danny? There's a bit of mystery that is around the radio show, the moving parts of the radio show, who does what, who's responsible for what. Dumber for having listened to it.
5: High IQ. Then some of the mystery is taken out.
4: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, some of that. But I, I have a, a general idea. How about that? A general idea of what uh, what might might be out there. Does that answer your question, Patricia? In Vegas, she used to listen in the Northeast, and then she moved out to Vegas, living her greatest life. And-
1: All right, scumbag, pay attention! It's time for mail call.
4: All right, next up, Cliff from Nashville writes in. He says, Ben, it was announced this week that Raising Cane's is coming to Tennessee, but it's in Cooksville. What the F? Is it worth an hour and a half drive? Uh, Now, Cliff points out that he has Bojangles, a half a beer drive from the house. So the way I will answer this, Cliff, is – Raising Cane's is a wonderful chicken finger place. To me, it's the top chicken figure restaurant. I I might go there one time, but then you're going to fall in love with it, and then you're going to want to go more, and then that becomes a problem. (laughs) I would wait because I've looked at the Raising Cane's website. They are expanding all over the place. So if they're an hour and a half away, I would bet within a couple of years, they'll be right in your neighborhood. They'll have a Raising Cane's in, (laughs) in Nashville.
5: You're saying don't even try it yet because it'll be like a greasy mistress.
4: Yeah. And then you're going to be like, okay, every Saturday, I got to make an hour and a half drive, which is three hours round trip. I think of it is round trip. Where are you going, honey? I'm going to the library. Yes. I'm going to the chicken finger library. (laughs) Yes. I am going to send. I'm going to run some errands. Yes. some three hours of my life. I will spend to buy chicken fingers with the cane sauce. That's that's going to be my move there. Bang, bang. Chicken and shrimp. Wowzers. Uh, yeah, but Bojangles is good. Bojangles is solid. There's more on the menu. I will tell you that all you get at Raising Cane's is the chicken finger. Even their sandwich is just chicken fingers side by side. That's all it is. It's not a chicken breast, uh, not a chicken patty at all. It's just the same old deal. Uh, so that's uh, that is that. You've got mail. All right, so I'm gonna change gears here. Now I mentioned on the radio show, Danny, we do not, uh, we did not talk about the uh, tragedy that took place in uh, Uvalde, Texas, this week, the shooting at the school. And I got an email from a guy that you probably know the person's name about this and i was debating whether or not to read it i said not to do it on the radio show i thought i would save it for for the the hardcore p ones that are part of the podcast danny because yeah you know, it's just i feel like it's a it's a better form here to do that than yeah. do it on the radio show
5: yeah and we did talk about it a little bit on saturday's podcast
4: yeah so i saw this name and if you listen to the lame joke segment that we do every friday this has been one of our more consistent joke writers pretty funny guy I always like this guy because he always sends Laker jokes. A lot of Laker jokes. Anybody on the Clippers is a, is a, a half of what Kobe Bryant is. I think he does that because he knows that I'll read them. Yeah. And he likes that. And he's also he's in San Antonio, so I guess he's a Spurs fan. I'm going to read the email. He says an open letter. He headlined this, an open message to the Malor militia. So that's the headline on this, open message to the Maller militia. So I'm going to read it. And I'm not going to add anything. I'll just read it verbatim here, and then uh, we'll react to it in a bit. Uh, It says, greetings. Usually when I email this account, it is to send a lame joke, some of which are read, some are skipped. I use the handle George from San Antonio because I lived there for 15 years before moving to Uvalde to become a teacher. And he sent this the day after the shooting. He says, before yesterday – uh, who had ever heard of Uvalde? That all changed uh, this week when a deranged lunatic committed a horrific act. I am writing to ask for the thoughts, prayers, and support of the Malor militia as we start the recovery process. We are a small, tightly knit, fa- uh, familiar, uh, what's the word here? Uh, familia, is, is that the word? I think that's the word. Oh, it's yeah, not-
5: Spanish for family.
4: Yeah, community uh, that has devastated, it had been devastated, obviously, by, by the shooting at Rob Elementary, my students lost brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, and neighbors. This will be a long process, but I am heartened by the fact that I have this show to bolster my spirits when I will have to find a way to be as strong as my students uh, when they, they need, me, need me to be. He says, uh, that's from George from Uvalde, and he is a math teacher at a school just down the street from the elementary school and as he said in the email that you know it's a small smaller town and uh his his students uh, had you know, younger brothers sisters cousins uh, friends of theirs neighbors in their neighborhood that went to that elementary school and uh so that's that's george from uvalde who sent in and, and george obviously have the the full support of me and danny g i'm sure and all of us and even though we, we didn't get into it on the show for, for reasons we talked about on Saturday, uh, trust me, uh, like everyone else, I've been following the story and been pretty, pretty depressed. It's been, uh, it's been one of those deals, uh, where, you know, we try to put on a happy face, right? Danny, you're like the show must go on that kind of thing. Anyway, you're kind of like, this is, I'm breaking down some NFL story. I'm like, uh, this is really, uh, this is really necessary, but, but to hang in there, George,
5: no, it made it hard to work for everybody on yeah. Tuesday. It yeah. just makes them sick to your stomach. And how do you focus on some other things that aren't important as human life? And, you know, you got to keep moving on. It's, sure. it's tough, though, especially for those connected to it. And like I said on Saturday's podcast, for anybody that works with students, works in a school or on a campus, uh, there's questions that need to be answered. Asshole got onto the campus. You know, I know a lot of campuses have an actual police officer now posted inside a lot of locked doors that you have to get through.
4: Yeah, and it's it's a fine line because you don't want to make a school a police state. You want kids to be kids. You don't want them to go in and have to go through some barbed wire.
5: (laughs) And I agree with you. It shouldn't be like walking into a prison. But at the same time, in this world we live in nowadays – I mean, yeah, it kind of does have to be a little bit Fort Knox on the outside of each school, I would think. Yeah. At least detour crazy people from even thinking about doing something to kids.
4: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's one of these things, and everyone's got a different opinion on how to solve it. Nobody has the answer. But in my experience, a lot of people are turning to politicians. you got to write laws for this, but I, I've always thought that the people that do this bad stuff don't follow the law. So what's, you know, not that you shouldn't have laws, but the people that commit these acts, they're not following the law. So I, I, does that make people feel better that you put more laws in there? Uh, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta try to figure it out. And I go back to the mental health and the you know, the institutions they used to have. They and I And I think it was Ronald Reagan, who I like as a president, but in his administration, they got rid of, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, they got rid of the mental uh, hospitals or cut back on that a lot. And you know, here we are years later, and I think that's part of the, a big part of the issue here. So
5: Yeah. No, I think a lot of people would agree with you.
4: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, good luck, George. I'm sorry, man, and uh, our thoughts are with you. Yeah.
5: Talk about a small world. I've heard his jokes on your show. I would have never thought that he was a math teacher in that town.
4: Yeah, when I got that email, because I was putting the jokes together, and I, I got I was like, wait a minute, I clicked on it because I saw George's name. I'm like, well, George must have sent some jokes, in. I'm like, no, no, this is not this is, a, this is a serious thing. So anyway, it's just terrible. And
5: yeah, no, I appreciate that email. Absolutely.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, we'll get back to the regular shenanigans here. You've got mail. Yes. Uh, Fred from Spring, Texas says, Have either of you watched a cricket match? Did you understand the game? Well, you'll be happy to know. (laughs) Not only have I watched a cricket match, I've been preempted. I used to have a weekly radio bit in New Zealand on their sports network, which went out of business when the pandemic started. But I would go on there every week, and occasionally I would be told, hey, you can't come on today because there's a cricket match, and we don't know when it's going to end. I said, well, come on. What's going to three hours, four hours? No, it might be three days. It might be seven days. <laughs> yeah. So I have – I have witnessed the sport of cricket. What about you, Danny G? Have you ever watched a cricket match late at night or on the internet somewhere?
5: I've seen it on TV late at night. I don't understand it. So I only watched for a couple of minutes. Definitely something that we did not grow up with at all. No. And so, yeah, it it would be interesting to maybe take like a half hour class, a, a good instructor, an entertaining instructor explaining the game. I'd be down for that.
4: I, what I like more than than cricket is Aussie rules football. The Aussie mucked it. Delay, mate. That's pretty cool. I watched that. Actually, got into that a little bit because of some of the fans we have in Australia that sent me some propaganda on this podcast about Aussie rules football, and uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty neat. Uh, watching some of the games and the, the different weird rules they have and how crazy everyone is.
1: And... All right, scumbag, pay attention.
4: It's time for mail call. Uh, i do a couple more. Bobby from Dallas says, favorite breakfast spot in Vegas. Well, this one's easy for me. And I think you'll probably agree with me, Danny, on this, but maybe not. My go-to, and I'm not a big breakfast guy. I My wife loves breakfast, so she'll drag me to breakfast. I'm more of a lunch-dinner guy. But when I eat breakfast in Vegas, Hash House a go-go. That's the spot for me. Oh, yeah. That is the spot. There's several locations in Vegas, and they give you pancakes. And I don't want, I don't want to embellish how big the pancakes are. And I'm going to keep this conservative. They're the size of the moon. Good. They taste like burning. The pancakes are the size of the moon and they (laughs) stack them up and everything is jumbo jumbo sized at hash house, of go-go. So make sure that you are very hungry. You're a hungry, hungry hippo. When you go there, any other breakfast spots stand out there in Vegas, Danny? I
5: I do have one for you. The black bear diner. Okay. You've seen those in lots of different cities. I don't know if they have them on the East coast. I'll have to look into that but there is one near the new Allegiant stadium and Pete Rose goes there every week. Like clockwork. He goes to the black bear diner near Allegiant stadium. Lots of Raider fans have run into him and taken pictures with him. So yeah, if you want a good meal and you get to meet old Pete, who we've been efforting to get on this podcast. Yes. That's the spot to go right there.
4: So we should just bring a recorder and go to the diner and we can then have Pete. Man. Foe drizzle. Uh, Our last one from Paul in Great Falls, Montana. He says, hey, this is a sporty question. Does the Pac-12 have a puncher's chance of making the college football playoff? I say yes. I say yes. There's a new sheriff in town, Lincoln Riley, at USC. And if he's as good as advertised now, I have my doubts because it's not like he built Oklahoma into what Oklahoma was. He inherited a wonderful program from Bob Stoops and kept the ship sailing. Uh, but all my friends that are USC boosters and the people that I know around USC are so excited about Lincoln Riley. They're like, oh my God, I think we were talking about it. I might have to go back to the USC games. Yeah. Because they'll be cool again at the Coliseum there with Lincoln Riley. But that's the one. Other than that, you know, Oregon will have a good team again. They'll be in the mix. The, the problem is you know, the, the Pac-12, there's so many mediocre teams in the Pac-12 that I think it's going to it's gonna hurt the big picture. But if you run the table, if USC runs the table or Oregon runs the table or, or loses only one game and has an amazing, uh, amazing season, then I say they will get it. I'm going, yes, I'm being Benny Brightside on this one. Mm-hmm. That's what I am, Danny. I'm Benny Brightside on this one. So,
5: As the kids say, LFG, the best <laughs> players that NIL money can buy, baby.
4: Yes, get the businesses, all the big boosters, write those checks, those oversized checks, make sure they don't bounce, and you'll be good to go. All right, we got to get out of here, Danny. Anything to promote. Now, I'm on Cameo. If you want a Cameo message, you can do that, and I will be returning to the Fox sports radio studios this week, a few days, a few days, every week I will be in the studio and it could change every week. Some days it'll be one day, another day, next week, the next. So who knows? And it is also around this podcast, which is done from the North woods.
5: Yeah. Have you decided if you're going to come in studio tonight when I'm there?
4: Uh, I have not decided That's a game time decision. That is a game time decision, right. game time decision. but I, I'm sure I will run into you, Danny. I will be in there on uh, the Sunday night into Monday morning at some point. But, I, again, I, so I'll be starting that on Cameo as well. Cameo is a website. You want a video message, a birthday, bar mitzvahs, weddings, funerals, uh, you name okay. it. Although I've not really done any funerals, nor do I really want to. Uh, but uh, I am on there for that. So. Personalized Ben Maller video. Well, I'm married. My wife likes to dress up. She, uh, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Talking right to you and a loved one. Yes, I will do a eulogy for you if you want.
4: All <laughs> right. Anyway, what do you have, Danny Dermot? What's going on in your world? You're in the radio station all day. Oh
5: well, Yeah, the, uh, the Covino and Rich show is a lot of fun on Sunday afternoon into Sunday evening. Then it is time for your man, Arnie Spanier, along with Chris Plank, right before you get on the air. That show goes until 11 p.m. Pacific time.
4: Oh, Laker fans. Uh, that's my... My guy, Arnie. Hot Tub Arnie, they called him back in the day. Hot Tub Arnie. Never before have I seen women run faster than when Arnie got into the hot tub. Oh, you're going to have
5: place. to retell that hot tub story
4: sometime. I'll have to do that sometime. But my man, Arnie. Hang on. I'm making a note of that.
5: Ben yeah. and Arnie hot tub story. <laughs> yeah,
4: we'll get into that in a future podcast uh, for sure. Have a a wonderful uh, rest of your weekend. It's a holiday weekend, but I'll be having a live show. I'm not taking the holiday. I will be doing a live show tonight and all weekend. So enjoy the holiday. That's right.
5: I'm going to be part of the fill-in crew for the Doug Gottlieb show on Monday.
4: All right. Well, enjoy. And I'll be in my same time, same same Maller time, same Maller station. And we will talk to you next time.
5: Pasta, pasta. Bye, Felicia.